Wonderful. Thank you for that. Thank you. Aren't you glad? Boy, what a Savior we have. And I'm thankful for that. And Let's turn our Bibles again to Psalm 143. And then if you could pick up Proverbs chapter 18 as well, we'll turn there. It's amazing to me the... the endurance of the human spirit at times. And you marvel, just like I do, at some of the achievements of people who, even though they've gone through great disadvantage from a, uh, from a human point of view, we can observe just how they've gone through and gotten through the challenges that just come their way. We have, to, to date today, those who've climbed the highest peaks, who've swum the greatest distances, those who, despite perhaps disability and and different things, who still achieve much more than those who seem to have great privilege in their lives. And, And we marvel at all of that, and we marvel at the human endeavor. And I think about, I think about David, who perhaps if we were to think about a, a person that we wouldn't think would have any sort of down day. I also marvel at, at those who have great achievement and those who have great character when at times they, they seem to be not themselves. And we read about David, of course, in the, the Bible, how David in, in, uh, in that situation where the nation faced the giant Goliath, how he was the only one out of all of those that were in that valley to stand up to that giant. And because of his, uh, his, his spirit, it said that he asked the question, is there not a cause, and then conquered that giant. It wasn't his experience, really. He, he slew a bear, he slew a lion, but he'd never slain a giant before. And so is his spirit. And we see the, the, uh, the times where even when he was being persecuted by Saul, where he endured that. But yet there was a limit, and whilst his, his spirit bore him up, there was a, eventually a situation where David even ran away from, from Israel. He went into the enemy camp. He pretended to, be, uh, to, to have lost his mind. He even uh, on purpose would drool and have spittle on his beard to make it appear as though he had lost it, and perhaps he had, had done lost it. And we read here in our, our passage of Scripture several times where, as David is calling out in his distress, as David was, was praying and, and, and calling out in his trouble, many times he referred to his spirit. Many times he referred to the fact that his spirit in, the, in verse 4 is overwhelmed within him. How his heart is desolate within. And then later on he goes and he talks about how his spirit has failed. How he he doesn't seem to to understand and grasp the the things that he's going through. And and I think all of us here, as, as confident and competent as we are, as much as we've perhaps done our best and have endured some things ourselves and uh, our spirit has borne us up. There, there have been times, and maybe it's even now, where you feel the same as David. Your spirit's overwhelmed. Your spirit's failing. And it just seems to be that you're just trying to grasp for answers, and it just seems to be that you're just not, not getting anywhere. And I think the description of David here and the, the things that he's going through is really down to this. And I want to show you that in Proverbs 18:14. So quickly turn there with me. And, and this is where we'll be, and we'll, we'll study through this morning. Hopefully, we can get some understanding, and I hope that to be a help to you today. Because I'm telling you, there's been times where I know this has been me. And, and I know that there's going to be times in your life, if not now, if not before, there will be a time where this is going to be the descriptive of you 
in verse 14. The spirit of a man, notice this, will sustain his infirmity. And, and we've already spoken a little bit about that. You know, even those things are disadvantages. Those weaknesses, it can be borne up by our spirit, just having that fighting spirit. But then in verse 14, look at the second part. But a wounded spirit, who can bear? And that's what I want to speak about this morning. The idea of our spirit being overwhelmed. The idea that our spirit fails is really a descriptive of this. It's a wounded spirit. A wounded spirit who can bear. You know, I think about how wounds work. And I've never really been wounded before. I read, you can read historically of those who've been wounded in battle and they've, they've gone through woundings and we understand that, that that's never really a good thing. The only one time that I was really wounded was due to my own stupidity. And I was, at, I was playing in my parents' bedroom and, and for some reason I wanted to carve a, a, a something into a shape of an animal. And, you know, I was in, in that era where we didn't have toys readily, so I had to make my own toys. And, and so I was, I was in, in my imagination, I wanted to shape something. I couldn't find anything, so I found a piece of soap. And I thought, well, what do I do with this? And so I found what was in the cupboard, a blade. And I began to use that, but I got to the point where that, the middle of that soap was so hard, I, I, I went to to carve into it, and it slipped, and it, it, it cut through pretty much most of my thumb. And if you look closely, um, if you look closely at my, my left hand, you see there that there's this, this scar there that was left by a wound. And the only trouble was we were in the process of moving to Australia at the time. It were really a matter of weeks before we were about to go, and because of the wound, what does a wound need to do? It needs to heal. And so there was a delay. We had to take more time. There had to be, and I remember when it, when it happened, I screamed. I, I made a big deal of it because it was a big deal. You know, when your flesh is hanging out here and you think your thumb's going to fall off, that's a pretty big deal, right? And you could see right inside, and, and I didn't know what to do. I had had, had to get some stitches and, and all of that. And, and finally, after a few months of delay, we were able to go. But that's what wounds do. Wounds affect you. Wounds affect your ability to take something on. Wounds allow you, will, will, will cause you to put some delays in life so that you can, so you're, because you're waiting for that wound to heal. And we know that from a physical point of view, if you've ever gone through surgery, what it is, it's, a, it's an intentional wound, isn't it? They're wounding you for a reason. They're, they're cutting into you. Why? Because there's a certain need to be addressed that needs to be taken out. There's a medical reason for it. But even in the most minor types of surgery, you still have to take time to be healed. You still have to take time to recover. And we understand that from, from a physical point of view, don't we? We understand that when we go through those times that we need to and we'd be foolish to just continue on like nothing happened and continue life like merrily along like there's nothing that ever happened to us and yet the Bible speaks about this concept of a wounded spirit and we don't look after our spiritual health, do we? There's times where we need to just recognize perhaps that, that we have a wounded spirit. That, that there's, there's some things that we need to reconcile and there's some things that we need healing over. And, and at times when we're recognizing that we're not operating like we should, it's not that there's just any, uh, any, any physical help that's needed there. It might be, but it just might be this. We just have a wounded spirit. We're just wounded. There's just been circumstances that have happened that have allowed a wounding in our lives. And, and I'm telling you that there's been times where I've observed good, good Christians who at their, at their optimal spiritual best, they are some of the greatest saints that you will ever meet. And you, you watch that and they're an example 
to us and we watch how they take on the world and we watch as they live by faith. But I've also seen those very same saints walk around with a gloominess about them and you can't explain it. I've seen the same one struggle through to just pick up their Bible. I've seen the same ones just feel like they can't, they can't even minister like they should and like they, they used to. And there, there just seems to be a, a bit of a, 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 a wounding. They're hurt. And I'm not talking here this morning about just simply having a bruised ego. I'm not talking this morning about just maybe having their feelings hurt. No, no, they're wounded in their spirit. They're wounded. And just like any wounded, we need to care for the wounded. And many times I know in my own life where there's just been a recognition there, just something in my spirit as much as that can get me going. You know, sometimes the only thing that gets me up in the morning is that you just, there's just something in you that wants to keep going. You watch and you read a bit of a historical record of those who just endured great things during the great wars and, you know, left to their own, greatly wounded, and the, the memories of those that, that, that they had back home and just within them something that drove them to keep going and to keep going. But they're never really the same for a little while. And sometimes though, there's times where we just need to recoup and there's just a time that needs healing. And, and wounds aren't something we take lightly. Wounds shouldn't be things that we take lightly. They need healing and attention to properly mend. And if we don't, then, then there's, a, there's a permanent weakness there. There's a permanent inability to perhaps do some things. And the Bible declares for us the importance of our spirit. Good spiritual health is more necessary, I think, than we give it, give it credit for. You know, often we're more concerned with our physical well-being, and yet if you look at the truth of this verse carefully, we're going to realize that our spirit can sustain our physical health, but a wounded spirit, if not cared for, cared for will bring about greater damage. And so today, I just want to talk about that, uh, that idea of being overwhelmed, our spirit being overwhelmed, our, our spirit failing, or how the Bible gives us here the, the description of a wounded spirit who can bear. I'm going to ask the Lord to help us this morning. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we're thankful, dear God, that, that as we, even reading that passage, you just brought to mind the fact that as David continued to say his spirit is overwhelmed, his spirit failed, then, then we recognize that the spirit of the Lord is good. And I pray that you'd help us this, this morning to understand, Lord, what it is that, that we often deal with in our own lives. And then, Lord, there's a solution to that. I pray that you'd help us this morning to perhaps, Lord, if we're here, that's us. Lord, to allow that to, uh, your, your word to, to enlighten us about that. And then, Lord, how, how we proceed going forward, dear God. So I pray that you'd help us, Lord. We need your power. We need your blessing this morning. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And we, we see that there's a wounded spirit. And we know that man is made up of of three parts, really. We understand the physical. This is who we see. We look around and we see the, the physical nature of life. We're flesh and, and bones and we look and we see each other. That's the physical. We know that we also, the Bible says we have a soul. Uh, you know, the, the Bible says if you, lose your, if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul, then that's a problem. There's no profit in that. And so we know that we have a soul that is eternal. We have that, that, that's the soul that, that, the, that Jesus died for. In, in, and we understand that, the, that we have the soul. But the spirit is also another part. And we think of a man's spirit, we can identify it as that part in man that communicates with God. It's in, a, in our spirit. He is spirit and truth. The spirit really is our life force, the thing that completes us in our image of God. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the Bible says this, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body 
be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what he says, if we're going to be sanctified holy, it's going to be all three, he's saying. He's saying spirit, soul, and body. That's what constitutes all of us. And if you bear this out, and we're going to take the time, we're not going to take the whole time this morning to, to, to enumerate through the scriptures, but if you bear it out, the spirit being considered wounded I believe is really here is your heart. It's the essence of who you are. In the Bible, your spirit or your heart can be interchangeable. It's not just your seed of emotions, but the essence of who you are. It's your core. That's why sometimes when we look at sport, which really, when you look at the grand scheme of things, we enjoy. But you understand, sometimes we laud those great comebacks. And what do we say? They showed a lot of heart. You know, we, we used to watch a lot of tennis, and tennis is a very physical game, but it's a very psychological game. And we used to watch some of the great champions of the past who didn't seem to be ever be defeated, and in a moment, lose heart, and suddenly they can't get their serve over the net. And suddenly they can't buy a winner if they could. And all of that is affected, why? Because there's just something that just happens in their spirit. There, 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 there's some sort of psychology that happened there that caused them to doubt, that, that, that played out in their sudden inability to play a game that they're mastered, that suddenly they look around and they, and they can't find an answer, they can't seem to get past it. And what it is, it's your call. So the Bible tells us in Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart, with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Your, your spirit, that part of you, the very core of you, the, the things that come in there and play. He's saying, keep it, guard it, protect it. Make sure it's not injured. Make sure it's not wounded. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. And, you know, even this morning, as the spirit of God is working through the place, what he's communicating to is your spirit. He's using your spirit to be the candle in there to search out. He's guiding through the Word of God to, to show truth that is applicable to you. He's trying to help you see the, even the inward parts of the belly, the very deepest parts of you. That's what it is. In Psalm 143 verse 4, we read it there, Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. He's saying here, my spirit, there's just something about it. It's just overwhelmed. It just can't handle life like it used to. And what a wounded spirit is, it's a heart that's been injured in its outlook. It's a heart that's been affected and therefore they're hindered in their operation. You know, a couple of years ago now, my wife, right, we know she and, and Irene, they both had that knee injury, and it was just keyhole surgery, really, but it was just enough of a wound that they needed to recover, right? And the, the very thing was that it was just around Christmas time, and, and, you know, normally they would cook and we would eat well, but that year we were cooking and we didn't eat that well. <laughs> All right, wounding. Wounding affects you. Those things that you just knew to do and mastered, suddenly you just don't have a great outlook about it. Suddenly the very things that you used to find very easy have become challenging. They've become very difficult. It takes great effort to have to do that, and, and that's a wounded spirit. Look with me in Psalm 109. So please keep your Bible, Bibles handy. We'll, we'll turn to different places this morning. Psalm 109. You know, you notice so much of the Psalms is written by David, who, again, was, was a highly capable man. The Bible says about him that he was a man after God's own heart. And yet, so much of the Psalms is David crying out. And, and, and not just in word, but I believe in, in, actual, in actuality he was crying. 
And verse 22, notice his descriptive. He says, for I am poor and needy. He says, and my heart is wounded within me. He says, I'm gone like the shadow when it declineth. I'm tossed up and down as a locust. My knees are weak through fasting and my flesh faileth of fatness. I became also a reproach unto them when they looked upon me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Lord, my God. Oh, save me according to thy mercy. You know, David, who, again, as a young man, with his own bare hands, he slew the lion, he slew the bear. He was not a, he was not a weak man. He was a mighty man. He had great skill. He could play the harp, and God used his music to help those who were oppressed in spirit. David was a highly capable man, but you know, he got through and he got to a point where he was wounded in spirit. And you know how he saw himself? He was poor and needy. He said, I'm just like the shadow that declineth. It just seems to be fleeting. I appear and I don't. You think about the, the, the nature of that. It, it just, the, the, what he was saying is that I have no substance in life. I'm just a, a, an image of what I was is what he's saying. He's saying there that I'm tossed up and down as the locust. He, he, he's easily moved. He's easily destroyed. And he, he came to that place of weakness. Why? Because he recognized I have a wounded spirit. I have a wounded spirit. And he began to pray against those that became his enemies. And, and his outlook of life was affected by a wounded heart. You see, people had disappointed him. You see, the circumstances were favorable, weren't favorable, and, and yet what we find right through the scriptures is, is even those who the Bible uh, highlights for us and records in His very word, those that we look up to, those that we think that they're just, they're just such spiritual giants, even them, even the one greatest born among women, John the Baptist, at one point, I think he had a wounded spirit, right? He sent his disciples from uh, as he sat there in prison and he said go see Jesus and ask him this question art thou he or look we for another and somehow David in uh, uh, John the Baptist in, in even though he was the greatest born among women even though he was this mighty prophet got to a point where he just wounded he just he just even even in the the clarity that John the Baptist had, unlike any of us, he saw Jesus, he saw the miracles, he was his forerunner, he had known him all his life when you think about it. Even John the Baptist, he had a wounded spirit. Think about Elijah. We spoke about him a couple of Wednesdays ago. And Elijah, after that great victory at Mount Carmel, we'll, we'll turn there in a little while, but he, he, he saw God's fire come down and suddenly he saw the, the drought broken with that fist of God that came, that, that was small in the, in, the, uh, in the horizon, suddenly come. And, and there we see that this great victory, he runs down with the Spirit of God helping him and then Jezebel. Jezebel threatens his life. And then suddenly Elijah finds himself just downcast, despondent, distressed. What it was, he had a wounded spirit. And Elijah goes into the mount and remember the, the response God had to him, what doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing? And we see Elijah, again, we, we note David, he, he, he pretended to have lost his mind, he, he dwelt with the enemy. We see Naomi, who after the 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 departure that they 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 had, he, they were trying to escape the famine, and then what happened? The circumstances of life happened. Loses her husband, loses her sons. She's left with her two daughters-in-law. She speaks to one and says, "Call me no longer Naomi. Call me Mara. Why? Because the Lord had dealt bitterly with me." And her whole outlook of life, why she was wounded. So many of us, we go through that and we, we don't know the way out. We go through it and we're just, 
We just we can't help ourselves. We're injured. We're wounded. We hurt everywhere. And you think about these ones who, in my estimation, are greater than, than some of those that we read about in current history. And, and we, if they can go through and have a wounded spirit, then how much more are we? You see, a wounded spirit is a spirit that can't operate with the same fervor for life, the same fervor for the things of God. They, they, they come to doubt. They come to disappointment. They come to even at times where God allows discipline in their lives, and it's all in varying degrees. And how we see it, the outworking of that, there's at times, and we didn't take the time, we could have looked at every one of those, but the, what's, what we observe is, is when someone has a wounded spirit, they just have a lack of desire for life. They become despondent. They, they lose all motivation. We see David at times who just, just couldn't operate. We see Elijah who just said, it'd just be better for me to be dead. And we see all of that. There's a lack of passion for life, the desire for life. There's despair, despondency, there's a lack of direction, there's an indecisiveness about them, and what it is, there's been a, a creeping in, there's a, there's a lack of resistance to those attacks of life, the burdens of life, and so the fears and doubts creep in. There's no longer any strength or resilience to go through the, the, just the normalities of life, let alone the hardship of life. And they're just overwhelmed. There's a lack, perhaps, of victory over sin. And when temptation comes, no longer uh, can you, even as a victor in Christ, can you resist that? And suddenly we're going for that. And, and suddenly all of that, there's even an outworking to those around us. There's a lack of grace to others. Bitterness, anger, malice. You know, I think about Saul. You know, Saul, who, when you think about it, God could have chosen David immediately, but God chose Saul to be the first king of Israel. He was head and shoulders above anyone in the nation. Physically, and I think character-wise, character, character wise, but it got to the point where Saul was just so far removed. And Saul found himself where the littlest things would irritate Saul. You know, the... the the great victory that David wrought. They were singing Saul's praises. God records for us, the Bible says, Saul had slain his thousands, but David is 10,000. Suddenly he's jealous of David. Suddenly all of that had transpired and perhaps the disappointment of his own performance, the disappointment of his own disobedience and, and that hardness that crept in and that's what happens when you don't deal with a wound. You become insensitive. You, you weaken that area if you don't take care of it the way you should. And there's a weakness there. There's a fear there. There's a doubt there. There's a lack of strength to deal with our own inabilities. And all of that is just characteristic of someone who perhaps has had a wounded spirit. And, and, and there's great many causes of a wounded spirit. You know, I'm not here this morning uh, proclaiming to be some sort of expert in it. I just know I've been through it. And I know I've just observed it in the lives of others. And I know I just observed it as I've studied through this, this particular thought through Scripture. But there's many causes of a wounded spirit. It's complicated, I say. In the sense that there's many different causes and it can at times be a mix of all of that and I'm not coming here with a bit of a silver bullet. It's not simplistic. And I don't want to be reductive in, in just giving you reasons, but I want to outline a few things. But I want to say that the, the reason, the, the reality of that just simply means we've got to get into the Word of God. And we've got to allow the Word of God to, to enlighten us a bit of, of these reasons and these causes. See, the Bible tells us, for the Word of God in Hebrews 4.12 is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing 
even to the dividing asunder, and notice this, of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So if you want to know what's going on in your heart, if you want to know how to deal with that wounding, if you want to know how it is that you're meant to and you, you, how, how it is that you got there in the first place, then you're going to need to get into the Word of God. Stop going to the self-help books and stop Googling your symptoms. Stop looking for, uh, for answers elsewhere. Get into the Word of God. It's the discerner of the intents of the heart. It's going to show you why you got there, how you got there, and how to get out. And we better just have great faith this morning to understand that God's given us His Word to show us even some of the causations of a wounded spirit. Even Jeremiah 17, 9, the, we often quote this, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But verse 10 has an answer to that question. It says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You know, he's, he's asking, who can know it, this thing? He's saying, it's the Lord that searches the heart. In Psalm 103, verse 14, for he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. And I referred to Elijah earlier, but go, go to 1 Kings chapter 19. And we won't take the time to read the whole passage, but... Notice verse 19, uh, chapter 19, and look at verse, verse 4. So he arose, went for his life. In verse 3, he came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself, notice verse 4, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept... Under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And notice, notice how, how he responded there. There's a solution to some of the, the things he's going through. He's saying, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake, bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down. And the angel of the Lord came against us again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee, overwhelmed. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto horror of the mountain of God. And we see the dialogue between Elijah and the Spirit of God there in the mountain. But what would happen was there was a physical reason. Elijah was just weary. And sometimes the reason why we just simply have a wounded spirit is just we're just weary. We've taken too much on. And I think about I think about Martha, who was cumbered about with much serving. That overwhelming nature of just the, our physicality, don't forget, that's still part of us. Right? One day it'll be redeemed. This corruptible will put on incorruption. Praise God. But while we dwell here on earth, we still have this to tend with. We still have this to deal with. And, and you know, for Elijah, you think about the miracle that happened there. He ran faster than a chariot. I'll tell you what. I think I can easily conclude that that's pretty tiring to do. <laughs> he, he dealt with all of those false prophets of Baal. That, that's taxing. He had just gone through a, a physically taxing time. And God, God dealt with Elijah in his physicality, he dealt with him in his emotions, and he dealt with him in his directions. But it stemmed from what I believe just, just really, there's that physical nature of it. And the thing that triggered it perhaps was just the words that Jezebel, Jezebel spoke. And, you know, don't, don't wonder, brethren, this morning in your weariness, don't wonder when the attack comes. Don't wonder when that misspoken word comes then. You know, we're snappy at each other when we're tired. 
There's a spiritual aspect to that, but we know there's just a physicality. You know, we come up with, with, uh, with combined terms, hungry and angry, we're hangry, right? And we, we look at all of that, and sometimes it's those, those times where our, the wounding comes, but it, there's a physical reason. In Proverbs 14.30, a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. In Proverbs 17.22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. And so these, 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 uh, these comparisons there that we see in Proverbs, and sometimes, like Elijah's case, there's just a physical element to a wounded spirit. Okay, if we're weary, we're sick, we're under, uh, unfit or inca- incapacitated, then there is at times a lesser ability to guard our spirit from being wounded. And that's why even Jesus' temptation, when did the devil come? When? When he was fasting, he was physically weary. And, and, and yet we see Jesus came through that, didn't he? But we understand that there's just there's a significance of that. There's a, when we're physically down, we better keep our guard up spiritually. When we're weary and we're tired and we've had long weeks and we've had long hours in the office and, and there's just things that we're juggling physically, we can't deny that. We can't just go about and just simply just, just conclude that, well, we just press on. And sometimes the best thing you can do, and I'm just giving you permission, is to have a Baptist nap, right? But sometimes it really is just that. It's just rest. And really there's just a physical, physical reason. We need to be spiritually guarded when we have physical struggles. That's a cause. But then, secondly, we have another cause. It's, it, it can be this in Proverbs 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. And, and often the way the Proverbs works is by giving contrasts. And in this we see, a, a, again, a correlation between a good word that's, that lifts up and then something that makes the heart stoop. And perhaps the wounding comes from someone that gave you an unkind word. It's a relational issue. Maybe it's just relational. You know, have you ever noticed that when you're sitting with someone and then you're just sitting with negative, 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 that it just becomes wearying? That sometimes you can buy into the, the very things that are being said and suddenly you just come away and your spirit's different. Your spirit about things, your heart about things, suddenly it's just, and what it is, there's a wounding that's starting to occur. And sometimes when there's things directed at us that are unkind and maybe even untrue, we can go about and the the temptation is that there's just a wounded spirit there that can result. And you know, we say those things, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How false is that? You can't, you can't take words back. You can, you can say sorry all you want, but you've said it. And you could, you, could, you, could, you could, in a moment, right, quickly ruin someone's day just by saying unkind words. And your day could just be ruined just as quickly with unkind words. And we've got to guard our heart because that's a cause sometimes of a wounded spirit. And often one of the greatest things that cause injury so our spirit is simply a relational one in Proverbs 10.1. Okay, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Sometimes it's just simply disappointment in those that we love most. We're just disappointed. We're just hurt by how they've responded. We're just hurt by their re- reaction to us, and we care, and we love, and we raise, and we, we, we nurture, and, and that can happen. And there's brokenness there. There's, there's a wounding that occurs. In 1 Peter 3, 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And, and, and we, we know from a relationship point of view how, how important it is in our marriages that we don't hinder one another. 
That, that there's an there's a understanding of that, the sanctity of that, not just before each other, but before God. And we understand how difficult it is when it's difficult at home. And how much of a hindrance it is in our spirit. And how, it, how, how we sometimes, because of the weight of relational issues, why we just can't operate with greater focus like we should. We don't have as much strength. We don't have as much zeal. There's just something weighing over us, and so often it's relational. So often it's just those things that have come to be. In fact, the Bible even tells us in Matthew chapter 5 that if you have ought, then you just should just leave your sacrifice, leave your gift at the altar, go make that right. Why? Because even in spiritual matters, just like the one we read about there in, in, in Peter about your marriage and how you're hindered in your prayer life, even those very things can, can hinder our progress for good things for God. Why? Because it just leads to those woundings that we don't need and that can cause us to be weakened. You know, here's another reason for a wounded spirit. Look at Psalm 38. Look at Psalm 38. And notice David here, he's, he's again crying out to the Lord. He's saying, O Lord, verse 1, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither there is, is there any rest in my bones. Why? Because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. Notice what he says. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I'm troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease and there's no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desires before thee and my groaning is not hid from thee. You know, he's going through something internally in his spirit. He's saying it's broken, it stinks, it's corrupt. Why? Because there's a moral reason. Sin. You know, sin will injure. And many times, we don't give ourselves the reality check that we need to just check our hearts and to check our lives and to check and make sure, like David did, that there's nothing between your soul and your Savior, that your heart is clean. That those, there's those things that can cause infection and disease, the, the sin sickness that can so easily uh, come to be and, 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 and uh, intertwine in our hearts, those deep-seated sins. And we understand if you're a Christian this morning that your sins are forgiven. Actually, you just need to take up your position in Christ and, and just get that right. But so stubborn are we and so fleshly are we and so carnal are we at times that we just allow sin to get a grip of our heart and suddenly we have a wounded spirit. And suddenly that wholesomeness and suddenly that strength that we find in the Lord, suddenly we're grieving the Spirit of God. And suddenly the, 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 the power that we need to live Above sin and to live in victory, we're quenching the spirit. Why? Because there's moral reasons. There's the reasons of just being clean before the Lord. I'm so glad that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He can clean the wounds. But I want to tell you that sometimes we just don't want to recognize that in our lives. We can't be wrong. Well, that the others are. Well, listen, the first thing we ought to do is just observe how our heart is before the Lord. He's saying there's a moral reason, but then sometimes it's just a philosophical reason. And by this, I mean what, what the, 
the writer of Proverbs said in verse 14, chapter 14, verse 13, he says, even in laughter the heart is sorrowful. And the end of that mirth is heaviness. And, you know, the point of this is that everything in his mind has a sad end. It's not, not that we mask our sadness with joy, but that in all truth, life has a sad end. And, you know, what, what wounds us is if we don't have the right outlook or philosophy of life. And sometimes we can buy into a bit of a fatalistic outlook. And, you know, the, the world's very good at, at, at selling to us how, how fatal the, word, the world actually is. And we understand we, we don't, we're living in wicked times, aren't we? We're living in times where things aren't right. But listen, listen to me this morning. When you read the Bible, actually all of that is going to fade away and he's going to make all things new. And whilst we look at that and we order, the Bible tells us, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we warn. That should motivate us then to tell others about Christ, and yet sometimes we can get into the doom and gloom of the news cycle. We can get into the doom and gloom of all the society's ills. We can get despondent by the very things that are out there that just we just conclude sometimes and we wrongly at times conclude that, oh, well, it's all for nothing. And, you know, really that's what happened to Solomon in Ecclesiastes. He said, all is vanity and vexation of the Spirit. He's vexed. And, and he goes about and he's just, and, and that's why it's a, it's a perfect book for young people to read. It gives you a soberness about life. But, but the, the, the reality, and, and the Bible is given to us, it's preserved, it's inspired. It's, he's given it to us to help realize that we can go down that trail. And, and suddenly our philosophy of life, our outlook, and you know, I, I read that, that famous story by Charles Dickens, The uh, Christmas Carol. And who's one of the protagonists in that? Scrooge, right? And you know, there's sometimes there's, the, the, there's Scrooges in our life when we look at them and they just seem to be every gray cloud is over their head and it just seems to be everything's negative. And you, you, if you ever read that, you know that Scrooge is the ultimate Scrooge, all right? He's just negative. And you know what he goes through? He goes through the dreams of the Christmas present, Christmas past, Christmas future, right? And you go through that and you read actually at the end of that after he learns his lessons. And this is what you read about him, about Scrooge. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew, or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. And you know what changed? His circumstances actually didn't change. What changed was his outlook of life. What changed, what he wasn't transported to a new world. All of that was make-believe. All of those things that he went through, he couldn't really do anything about. But the only thing that changed is his outlook. And sometimes the only thing that gives us a wounded spirit is just our outlook of life. And for whatever reason, there could have been circumstances that turned quickly. It could have been the fact that some trials have come, maybe some, some, uh, some reversal in our lives that we never expected and never wanted and never wanted to be. And suddenly all of that affects all of our lives. It's like that man who woke up one morning. He had a, a, a great night out. He went out to a fancy restaurant and he, he went, to, uh, went to bed and he woke up the next morning and he went out. Uh, he woke up in his room and he says... It stinks. Then he walked out into his house and he says, it stinks. And then he walked out of his door and he says, the whole world stinks. And he had forgotten he ate cheese all night and it was on his bed. And it wasn't the world that stunk, it was he that stunk. And sometimes it's just us. Sometimes it's just the way we perceive things, the way we, we the way we, we look at life, and you know what I'm saying? Is we just need to get a fill-up of reality, and the only reality that is a right conclusion is actually the, the lens of Scripture and the balance of Scripture. 
and we need to get a perspective of, of, of our purpose. And, you know, really when it comes down to it, there's a spiritual cause, right? A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. A wounded spirit is at times needful for God's purpose. You know, it's the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. And sometimes our heart is broken and our spirit is wounded because simply God's trying to correct us. Maybe He's trying to perform some spiritual surgery in our lives and we just need recovery. And sometimes it's God that wounds our spirit through chastening and wounding can at times bring us to a place actually of healing. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous and that's why we have surgery. What surgery is, in a physical sense, is a purposeful wounding. And sometimes God in His, in His sovereignty and God in His knowing of us He purposely wounds us so that we can get some attention to some needed area in our lives. And sometimes God commands our wounding. And there's a principle in the Bible of purging, of mortifying the flesh, of of shaping or molding. And that sometimes requires just some godly sorrow to work. And so there's spiritual reasons the Bible tells us in Proverbs 13, 12, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. And at times God allows us to delay our expectation. God allows delays and God allows those things so that we can get into the right place and we're wounded at times for His purpose. And the Bible tells us in James 1, 4, But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire and wanting nothing. Sometimes God wounds us to slow us down. Sometimes God wounds us so that we could recuperate and heal like we should. And there's been a removal. There's been some purging in our lives and it's required some spiritual surgery. And we need to just stand by and just wait on the healing hand of God and allow Him to get our attention on that very area that needs to be addressed and removed perhaps even in our lives. And we need to look at that and go, thank God that I'm feeling this way. Thank God that He drew my attention to that. There's a spiritual reason at times is what I'm saying. And yet good things come to those who wait. And the process of waiting, it sometimes, because of the the wounding, it helps us to rest in Him and gain our strength in Him. Right? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Right? In Isaiah 14.31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. And not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. And so this, this morning, there's sometimes a spiritual, spiritual reason. But where do we go from here? Because obviously like any wounding, any wound, we need a solution and there's a salve. There's a salve for that. In Proverbs 16 too, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. In Proverbs 5.21, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. And Proverbs 20.24, man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? And, and we can't know ourselves, is what the Bible's saying. Okay, no one understands the complexity of our own hearts. And yet, the Bible tells us in Psalm 69 verse 20, reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness, and I look for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none, and no one No one can truly understand and then even solve our wounded spirit, but we can go to the one that weighs the spirits. And God is the one that can give us the perfect balance. In Psalm 147 verse 3, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. And in fact, even in Hosea chapter 6 verse 1, He says, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for He hath torn, and He will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. You know, even those things, that, that those woundings that God has allowed into our lives, the solution to a wounded spirit is to humbly allow the Lord to guide us through the nuance of our situation. It's about finding the right fullness. See, not in the external, but in the abundance of Christ. And, you know, it's, it's, a, 
the, the a whole idea of a tree of life. It says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but then the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. A tree of life is only ever found in Genesis, Proverbs, and Revelation. That, that concept, it's not only a picture of a life-giving tree, but it's a picture of ultimate abundance. It's a remnant of what we had in the garden, but what we look to actually in the future. And in Acts 55 verse 30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and hanged on a tree. And praise God, this, this morning I want to tell you that God gave, gave another tree. And that tree for this life is the cross of Calvary. And he hung there on the cross. He bled and died. Why? For our healing. For our healing. And we may look to that future tree of life, but we have, we have a tree. We've been given that. We have one that heals. See, in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Ephesians 3, 19, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of Christ. How do you get full? What's the thing that fills you up? When we bask in the fullness of Christ, we then face life with a renewed force of will. What it is, it's a renewed spirit of hope. And we need to trust Jesus at his offer. And I think about that man in John chapter 5 where he was sitting by the pool of Bethsaida there in Bethesda. And right there, it's, it, the, the Bible talks about how once a year an angel would trouble the waters and the first one to enter into that would get healed. And we don't understand all of that, but that's what happened. And yet here it was, there was a, that scene that was happening and Jesus comes to that scene. And he looks at this man who needed healing and he asks the question, Wilt thou be made whole? And you know, sometimes what we do when Jesus gives us a solution is we give him all the excuses and all the reasons why it won't help. Because that's what happened with that man. He said, oh, sir, I have no man and it's been a while and I, I never, and basically he said, I never can get to the water and Jesus is right there, the very giver of life the very healer that he needed. And so many times we have the one. And he's given us an op offer of, of healing, offer of binding up our wound. And he gets us to that in, that in our place of brokenness and he offers us some words of life. And yet we can come up with every other way and every other means. And, and yet Jesus' offer is still there. He says in 1 John 5, 13, These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. That's an offer for you today. And if that's you this morning, you need Christ. But you need to come to the one that knows you. In Matthew chapter 10, last place we'll turn to this morning. Thanks for listening. Done well this morning. Matthew chapter 10. Notice verse 28. says, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Then he asks the question, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore ye are of more value than many sparrows. You know, God looks down and, and you know, we, we forget sometimes that God's not just looking out to find out all the evil and the good. God's just looking out. And God sees. And God sees the wound. God sees the brokenness. God sees, God sees that. And I want to say to you, God cares. And actually God at times even designs it and allows it so that we can draw ourselves to Him. Because at the end... We don't have a simplistic solution. At the end, it's complicated. At the end, we have to navigate through things we just don't understand. And so we better go to the one who does understand. And we better go to the one that actually he's given us an offer of help. And we better go to him and cast our doubts, cast our fears, cast our weakness, cast all of that in our woundedness 
And the Bible tells us he's going to bind us up. And I want to I encourage you, maybe that's you. Maybe you're wounded in your spirit. Don't be ashamed. Just, just deal with it. Don't, don't go around and maybe you're looking for answers in different places. I want to tell you, you're not going to find it. You're only going to find it in the Word of God. You're only going to find it as you deal with it, as you walk with God, as you come to Him. And He, he elaborates for you and He shows you, actually, it's this. And here's how you... And I'll tell you, out, out of that, on the other end is healing. And your strength can come back. And your joy can return. And we can, we can go on and see greater things done in our lives and in the life that God has given us here on earth. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. And Lord, we have to admit this morning... We're often broken people. And Father, there's many times that there's just the complications of our own heart that we don't understand. And Lord, sometimes we don't even have the strength to just even feel like continuing on. And Father, you've shown us, Lord, that the spirit of man, it bears us up in our infirmity. But a wounded spirit, who can bear? I pray that you'd help us this morning, Lord. Lord, I don't know if there's any here who's just distressed. Lord, any here who's just discouraged, any here who's just, Lord, at that place of despondency. And I want to ask, Lord God, that you would help each and every one. Lord, you're able because, Lord, you're the great healer. Lord, you're the one that knows our hearts. You search the reins. And so I pray that you'd help us this morning.